0: You're listening to Home in Him, bringing home
1: the joy of the gospel and helping people live as new creations.
0: Hello, my name is Eric Wallace, and I am here with my wonderful wife, Leslie, and we are delighted to welcome you and thank you for your time. With us today, as we are going to share with you the how and why of family worship.
1: And this is actually our very first podcast that we've ever recorded. So we're very excited about that. And although most of you in our audience probably know us, we thought it would be helpful just to kind of introduce who we are and tell you a little bit about our family.
0: We have eight children, and they are age 22 at the high end and seven at the low end and so we've been married 25 years yes as of tomorrow and um
1: with that age range we have kind of had our family worship and devotion times look a whole lot of different ways through the years and so we just want to share a few things today but we should probably start by just defining what we mean by
0: family worship right a uh, family worship may be a term that you're unfamiliar with. Uh, Some people would call it family devotions or a Jesus conversation, if you will. But whatever term you use, what we mean is a time that we simply gather the family together to read the Bible, to pray, and in some cases, sing. Now, we don't sing. (laughs) No, we don't. There are other families that (laughs) do singing with their family worship time. We don't. And, And you can, for sure. It's a good thing. But uh, mainly, it's pulling the family together around reading the Word and praying.
1: And, you know, as we were preparing, we, of course, discussed what we wanted to share, and we wanted to, you know, state what the goal is in having family worship. And, you know, I have in my mind what I knew that was going to be, but when I asked you what the goal was, I was just kind of surprised with your answer, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that the goal, really, for family worship is to help our children see how much God loves them. Now, maybe that strikes you as a little bit too simplistic. And for sure, it's simple. But it's profound. Because God's love for us is causative. When we see how much God loves us through all that He's done for us, that we see in the Scripture from Genesis to Revelation particularly what he's done for us in Christ it causes us to want to obey him and live for him so i think you just that simple goal of you know helping my family to see how much god loves them is very simple and helpful
1: yes and definitely helps to keep your mind straight so you know the quote goals i was thinking was well it's to help the kids have discipline in sitting still and listening to the bible or it's you know, to get into the habit. And those are all good reasons for having it. But I think that remembering the goal being to tell our kids how much God loves them is just, um, I I think that's very crucial. So there are many reasons why we have family devotions.
0: Right. And we'll, I want to get to those in just a minute, but I did want to clarify that, it is important that we gather the family around the Bible to read about what God's word says about how we are to live, the do's and the don'ts of life. But I would imagine that for many, listening to the podcast today have grown up in situations where that's all it was. Right. It was the do's, the don'ts, and it was boring and and you would you probably checked out a lot of times and began thinking about the your latest TV show that you wanted mm. to watch. And <laughs> that can <Yeah>. still happen. <laughs> but if the overriding goal is seeing God's love and that, that goal is the context for understanding what God commands us to do and not do, then it comes together in a way that makes sense, Right. but it comes together in a way that holds attention and in a way that is exciting to our children. So, yes. uh, be careful of turning Bible time into an encyclopedia time, thinking of the Bible as an encyclopedia right, or as the road map, as it were, where we just have to learn what the right and wrong is to do. Exactly.
1: Yes. Very good point. So there are many um, practical reasons for why we would read the Bible together. And um, one of them would be just to establish the habit of reading the word every day as our kids grow older and as they move out of our house, you know, our, our goal, our desire is that they would continue doing this outside out from under us, you know, from under hearing it in the home.
0: Right. And, and you know, today uh, <laughs> we're living in a world that obviously is challenged in a lot of ways that's painful to us right now. but. You know, the world has always been about pulling our attention away from God first and putting the attention on me first. Right. And so it's important that our children are trained to put God first. And one of the ways that we can do that most effectively is by developing the habit of pulling the family together in the morning. Ideally, some do it in the evening. That's fine, too. But in the morning for us is when we've done it. We're going to talk a little bit about our yep. practices in yep. a few minutes. But just pulling together the family around the word helps them develop a habit of putting God first that they take with them when they leave home.
1: Yes, of just uniting around God, you know, in a way. And um, it provides that spiritual leading and conversation time. You know, that's kind of a, a a hook to hang when the kids know if they have a question about something they've been reading or, I mean, obviously they can ask that at any time of the day, but it just, it kind of provides a little space in our busy lives when we do just sit down and, and we can have spiritual conversations even outside of le- reading the Bible together. But, you know, just many times we, we read a passage and then we end up discussing something totally different, a different passage that It reminded us of or something it just it opens up that that conversation aspect
0: of it right that is so important that as parents that we've developed this avenue into the lives of our children where they see us in a position as spiritual leaders so that is one of the reasons for doing it is that it provides an opportunity to read the word led by mom and dad that that fosters the communication, the conversations that exactly. you just referenced, Yeah, you know, where we can speak the word to each other.
1: Yes. And then, you know, just one more reason is um, to prepare for worshiping in church, in church community. You know, sitting around, reading, especially with little kids praying together so they learn when we say we're going to pray, we're going to be quiet. All of those are very practically helpful in uh, in the church service, in worshiping at church. We are going to just, you know, stop there for now because we really intend for this to be the first in a series of podcasts on family and worship. We're going to cover in a in a separate cast. We're going to cover um, family worship with younger kids. And then in a separate one, we're going to cover with teens. And then finally, we're going to just talk about having our kids At church with us and, and, you know, um, some angles of that, especially more prevalent today with the COVID thing where we don't have children's church and nursery as much. So we're going to dig into that later. I don't want to go there. now, But for today, we wanted to just kind of give some practical thoughts from our family. We've been asked by a number of people through over the years, you know, how do you do family worship? What does it look like? Because, you know, if you didn't grow up with it, it's kind of a new idea. And so we just want to share a few bits about how we do it
0: right and i would say just to ease you (laughs) that this has been a a test lab here that we have not always done this the same way Um, it has changed uh multiple ways over the years with the constant being of course that the focus is on the word of god and so the thing that has worked best for us just sharing our experience is gathering together in the morning particularly at breakfast and i realize that schedules are crazy that maybe you're not together at breakfast that sometimes dad leaves early but um there are if 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 there is a will to find a way then you'll find a way and so it may not be the morning for you it may be the evening we, but, do, we
1: do actually uh, yeah. have at least one family friend that, yes, dad leaves early and the kids just get up at five to read with him before he goes That's to right. work. And that works for them. You yeah. know, I mean? you have to figure out what works for your family. But do, you know.
0: Right. Oh, and absolutely. Consider all options, and so. Yeah. and And try something, but at the same time, give yourself space to do it differently if it doesn't work very well. Right. And in particular, the time. So yeah. I was um, sharing about when we do it, we do it in the morning. And that's really been the time that for, I would say, most of the years that we've been doing this has worked well for us. Uh, we basically begin with a prayer that I, I'll pray, just asking God to bless our reading of the word. And then we'll uh, read a passage. And sometimes it's a verse, like if we're reading Proverbs and it's, you know, you can talk a lot about one verse in Proverbs, but in other places where it's more narrative, or it's more story, you can read a whole chapter, or you can just read a section of verses. You know, every Bible um, has it l- lined up where they have subsections in each chapter that kind of help you to divide up the chapter into bite-sized chunks. So just reading the Word, and and maybe you want to ask a question or two that's what i tend to do is to ask questions and try to develop a conversation with the kids
1: yes at times just a little variation we've had everybody have their own copy of the same translation so they can read along which has helped them to you know follow along with the reading we've you know of course taken turns having other people read um right you know just trying different things
0: right and i would say that in our book uh, real hope for your home that's available on our website uchlink.org we do provide a list of options and, and just ways to spice up family this family worship time yeah and you know that would be a key point i would just interject here yeah that variety is the spice of life when it comes to this right <laughs> so You know, don't be afraid to try different things. Um, One of the things that we've done is we have read uh, family devotionals, and we're going to provide some examples of those that you may want to consider in the next two podcasts that are germane to younger children and then older children. So that's a helpful change. But also, as Leslie was mentioning, we try to have everybody in the family reading the same version of the scripture so that when someone is having devotions uh, and they want to share something from their devotion time, then it's something that we can all pick up in our Bibles and read together out of the same translation. And that, that is one of the things that we've done
1: yeah. um,
0: as a variety was to have you know Leslie share something from her devotions or one of the kids to share something. And sometimes those have been... I think some of the most effective devotion times is people sharing out of their heart what God is teaching them in the word. So, And just along those lines, um, you know, sometimes Eric will have a meeting
1: in the morning and so he's not going to be around at breakfast time. And so he'll just pick one of the older kids and say, Hey, can you read today? Just, you know, pick up where I left off there and whatever book we're reading or if you have something you want to share outside of that, you know, feel free to do that too. So, and I,
0: I would say that it's, it helps to train your sons and daughters for leadership when you give them just a simple opportunity to read and share what they've been studying, or just to have them read the Word, and then you as the parent comment on it. Right. So the Word, uh, whether it's in reading the Word, uh, or in uh, devotion, or someone sharing what they have read in the Word, uh, the Word is central. And then, really, the third thing that we do is we pray. And we have a unique little system that we would encourage you with for praying. I don't know about you, but it's very easy to forget about all the people we should be praying for. Right.
1: right.
0: <laughs> the people that we say, oh, yes, I'll pray for you, and then we, you know, we horribly forget. Yeah. So, what we do is we have a three-by-five card, and, or I should say a deck of cards where I just write the names of particular people that we know we should be praying for. And we have that deck of cards in a three-by-five file box. And I'll have one of the younger children pick one of the cards randomly, and, uh, and I'll write the date on the back of the card so that we can, over years, we've been able to see how long we've been praying for people.
1: And these are, you know, Eric put this deck together, then we add to it as needs come. But these can be the president, they can be the church leaders, they can be grandparents, aunts and uncles. We have all of our neighbors' names on the cards. Right. Uh, Anyone that you would be praying for. Just, it's really, yeah, it's a nice big deck. And, you know, we we will add as, as needs come up. Somebody's going through, you know, chemotherapy for cancer. We'll add that as a special, you know, let's. Let's add that or just whatever kids from school have friends, you know, you can, you can really build a deck quickly.
0: Yes. And just because we choose a card doesn't mean we don't pray for other needs and other people. So right. the card is just a way of keeping prayer um, intentional.
1: And I'm sorry, also add, we have all of our kids' names on the cards. They always, some love it, some hate it when they're picked because we say, <laughs> okay, what should you to be praying for you today and... You know, they get to kind of have the spotlight and, and share their needs. So just, yeah.
0: One thing that I would add to this, though, that's been really exciting in our practice is, and, and this, I think, has been something that God has used to teach our children about the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm, yeah. And that is that we will pick a card randomly and we will find out either at later that day, that that person had a need, or this would be a person that we would have found out through a Facebook post or something like that the night before or early that morning needed prayer, and then lo and behold, what happens in God's providence, we draw the card with their name on it.
1: Yeah, or I get a phone call from Sweet Shirley around the corner, and we just prayed for her that morning, and I can say, (laughs) we just prayed for you today, you know, so yeah, it does happen so often that way that... Somebody who we haven't really been in contact with for weeks or even months, but we pray for them and then here they are, they show up in our life somehow. So that's true. That's been neat.
0: And so that is yet another way though of helping our children see God's love. Yeah. That his spirit is at work supernaturally in and through us, even in our prayers. And so that that has just been that has had a very powerful impact on me. Yeah. Uh, just to see the Spirit working that way and to know that my children are seeing and recognizing this is the work of the Holy Spirit in our prayer time. Yes.
1: And so I just, I, I have to ask you to share my very, sorry, I just got a notification. This is new. Um, my very organized and detailed husband has notebooks for lots of different areas of his life. I know he has one he takes to church where he writes down um, you know, announcements and notes on the sermon. And that's a great way for me, if I miss something, I say, where's your church Because I wanted to catch that. But he also has a specific notebook for um, our, our family devotion time where he records. And so I just wanted you to just share that because I think it's really neat.
0: Yeah. Well, this is really simple, but again, it's, it's the simple things aren't they that can have the, the most profound impact. And for me particularly as the father and husband it has been encouraging just to keep a record of all the places that we have read in the Bible all the books that we've read all of the devotionals and other books that we've read during devotion time because you know we all get caught up in the minute right and it's just living through the day and getting to see the next day and before we know it years have passed and it is very helpful and encouraging to look back and to see God's faithfulness to see how we have studied much more of God's word than we we were really thinking. Yeah,
1: than we realize, right. Then we
0: than we realize. And so it's also interesting to see how many times we've repeated certain yeah. books <laughs> yeah. without really intending to, but that's where God had us. And we can trace our study of certain books of the Bible to what God is doing in our family and extended family. Right. So just keeping a record uh, gives you something to look back on that gives you sort of a, of a context, sort of a, of a North star for, wow, mm-hmm. this is what we've accomplished. We've read through these books and we've read through these devotionals and that helps dramatically And keeping me encouraged and leading this way. But also, very practical, it does help you to see where you're spending your time. Perhaps you realize, man, we're spending a lot more time. The last few years we've only read maybe two Old Testament books. And so we need to go back and spend some time in the Old Testament, which Mm -hmm. is so, so important. So just that simple record has made a huge difference in keeping me uh, on task on mission and being intentional and leading our devotions.
1: Right. So, you know, we hope that these tips, I want to say, help you see that it's not hard to do, but (laughs) it is hard to do. It's hard to stick with.
0: Yeah, what's hard is sticking with it. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be no days. You may go a whole week without, you know, reading the Word with your family. But don't let that deter you. Um, because remember, God, God's not looking for us to be perfect because Jesus was perfect for us already. Our righteousness is completely and totally secure in Christ, not in our performance as parents that lead our families. Right. So we can step back and we can say, okay, we had a bad week, a bad day.
1: Even a bad month, you know, sometimes we'll get wrapped up in the summer with, drama camps and things, and we'll have a month where we kind of fall out of the habit, but then Eric's always been so faithful to just jump back in and pick it back up, and you know, it's hard to get back into the rhythm, but it's all about just when you get knocked down, get back up. There's a scripture I meant to look for before, but you know, one of the disciples talks about, it, and I think that's just such a key to success that I've seen with you, Eric, is just the the consistent, faithfully just Continuing to go on with it and keep going and press on. So,
0: And that's normal. Yeah. I mean, it's normal. I don't know any family that has a perfect record with this, that hasn't struggled with it. Um, this is life. Right. And so don't be discouraged. God is faithful. Uh, just two passages that I want to encourage you with to press on would be uh, Hebrews Uh, chapter 4 in verse 12, it talks about how the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. Uh, Isaiah 55 talks about how that the word does not return void because it will accomplish the purpose for which it's sent. And neither of those two verses are qualified. The efficacy of God's word is not qualified by the professional ability of the leader, you know, that the word itself is powerful. And so even though we as parents are not powerful, God's word is. And we can rest and take great comfort and great courage in knowing that this is true, that God's word does not return void. So I wanted to end actually with a story of a family that we know who uh, who read the word to their children as they were growing up. And one of the children uh, made some some bad decisions and uh, ended up in jail. And uh, now uh, is walking with the Lord, is married and is walking with Jesus again. But I remember the parents telling us one time that uh, as their son was going through this trial in his life when he was actually in prison, that God's Holy Spirit brought to his mind passages that his mom and dad read to him in family worship time that God used to encourage him and to give him hope that led to him turning a corner back to Christ in his life. Mm. And so that has always been just an encouragement to Leslie and I that it is so important that we are faithful, that we are intentional, That God does not bless our perfection because we're not perfect, but he blesses our faithfulness when we are looking to him to do what he has promised to do, which is Mm -hmm. to transform our lives into the image of Jesus Christ. So we hope that you've enjoyed this time together. I know Leslie and I have enjoyed sharing about God's faithfulness to us in this matter of family worship. Our next podcast will go deeper into family worship. And we'll talk a bit about what it is like or how to have (laughs) effective family worship (laughs) time with young children. Yes. And so until that time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And if you would like to communicate with Leslie and I, if you have specific questions, please, please feel free to email us at uh, eric, E-R-I-C, at uchlink.org or leslie l-e-s-l-e-e at uchlink.org so until next time god bless you